Chapter One of Carpenter's World Travels, Alaska, Our Northern Wonderland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Carpenter's World Travels, Alaska, Our Northern Wonderland by Frank Carpenter. Chapter One. Just a word before we start. Of all the countries I have visited, our polar wonderland is among the most interesting. Lying as it does at the northwestern end of the continent, so close to Asia that one might fly from Alaska to Siberia within 15 minutes, and so near the North Pole that an airplane might make the trip between breakfast and dinner. It forms a part of our union with British America, tying us, as it were, to Europe and Asia and hooking us on to the topmost peak of the world. Alaska is truly a land of surprises. In some parts, the winter are as mild as those of Virginia, and in others as severe as in Sakhalin or Kamchatka. It has summers as hot at midday as Bangkok and Rangoon, and so cool at night that one welcomes blankets. It has seasons when the sun shines at midnight, and winter days so dark that the electric light can be turned off in the schools and the homes only from eleven to one. It is a land of jungles that vie with the Himalayas in their dense vegetation, and of scanty mosses springing from desert beds of perpetual ice. It has gorgeous wildflowers, mighty forests, vast glaciers, mountains capped with snow, and valleys out of which spout by the thousands the vents of volcanoes. It is beyond conception among the grandest of all nature's wonderlands. A most interesting feature was the virgin newness of all my surroundings. I traveled for days through the wilds seeing hardly a cabin. I sailed on the rivers through long stretches where not a vestige of man could be seen, and I could easily imagine myself a Columbus or a Hernando de Soto discovering a world. When I crossed Bering Sea on the edge of the winter, I felt like an Arctic explorer, and in the Aleutian Islands, the perpetual mists chilled my soul with the fear that I had on the grand banks of Newfoundland when the foghorn blew day and night. The talks of this book are the notes made during my travels. They were written on steamer and on train, on foot and on horseback, now in motor cars riding from one mining camp to another, now on the top of glacier-clad mountains, and now in tunnels where men were getting out gold from under the earth. They represent chats with the hardy pioneers of our farthest north, men who of all our citizens are the most patriotic Americans men who can see straight and shoot straight, the survivors of stampedes to many a faraway camp, true men and strong men, the weaklings have died on the way. Indeed, I met no one in my journeys who, to use an Alaskan expression, had a wishbone where his backbone should be. When I started north, I had a stomach and lungs and liver and lights. All seemed to be ailing as I climbed the gangplank of the ship at Seattle. I lost them that night, and for four months and more, as far as I knew, they had no existence. I ate buckwheat cakes and sourdough and bear meat and fat pork in the heart of midsummer. I breathed champagne in the air of the mountains. My liver worked like a 70-horsepower automobile, and as for my lights, whatever and wherever they are, they were dormant. Our Northland is undergoing a change. The government is adopting a more liberal policy as to the territory. The forest and oil fields are being exploited. 
the fisheries are protected and the catch will increase fox farming is rapidly becoming a substantial industry with over a hundred farms the majority of which are on islands along the coast the railway from seward to fairbanks has opened vast areas of arable land to the homesteader and the best of hard wheat is now grown and milled in the tanana valley i rode through grasslands where the spears on the ends of the stalks tickled the ears of my horse ate strawberries on the arctic circle and at skagway saw dahlias as big as a dinner plate in the gardens along the yukon and tanana i dug potatoes of twenty-seven varieties cut off cabbages as big as the head of a bull and pulled up turnips that would surprise the best soil of the temperate zone i visited several successful dairies near fairbanks and on kodiak island found a government experiment station where they are raising fine cattle and sheep near the mouth of the yukon i saw hundreds of reindeer and at nome visited packing plants where they were being killed and frozen for export to the markets of our larger cities at the same time new mineral areas are being prospected iron of good grade is known to exist and the coal deposits cover a region almost as big as the mine fields of pennsylvania the nickel of chickagoff island is supposed to surpass that of canada or new caledonia and high-grade tin is being mined on the seward peninsula near bering strait the government geologists and others are finding new wells of petroleum the coal beds opened up by the railroads promise a new supply of fuel for the fleets of the eastern pacific the copper output is now worth tens of millions of dollars a year and rich silver mines are being worked just over the international boundary near the portland canal there are still fortunes in gold underlying the beds of prehistoric ice and more quartz gold is being discovered indeed the future of alaska is bright end of chapter one